unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Good afternoon. We'd like to welcome you to our welcome you to our Thanksgiving adjusted service. So thankful y'all all came out and many places you could be. We're so thankful you're here with us. So thankful of any visitors that are here and always welcome at any time any of the classes that we offer anything anytime. If you ever need anything, be don't be hesitant to reach out to any of us. Would like to remind you there's going to be a pie supper after the services down in the annex. Anybody and everyone's welcome to stay. We, we hope you will and fellowship with us. Brother Jeremy Jones is going to be in charge of the singing this morning. Uh, Brother Jim Estes is going to lead the prayer after that. Brother Adam Carlson will be bringing the lesson. And closing prayer will be by Brother Todd Sweeney. If there isn't anything else, we will begin our services. I'll start us off with a couple of songs, starting with New Doxology, and then uh, Chris Langley's going to lead us in a song. We'll have our prayer, and then uh, uh, Bo will sing a uh, Count Your Many Blessings with us. If you would, stand with me as we sing New Doxology together. Let's sing out to our Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings Thanks, bro. 
bow with me, please. Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we know that you're all-knowing. We know that you are all-powerful. And Father, Father, we're assembled here tonight to acknowledge your greatness and to give you thanks. We know that it was through your power that you spoke the universe into existence and that our very being is because you spoke us into existence. And we thank you for planning for our future even before the foundation of the world. We thank you for planning for our salvation. We thank you for Jesus and for his sacrificial blood. We thank you, Father, for the Bible. We know it is truth, and we know it shows us what to do so that we can spend forever with you. We thank you, Father, for the church. We thank you for the Boonville congregation. We're thankful for its elders, its deacons, its ministers, its Bible class teachers, its many workers. We thank you for every member. We're thankful that we can assemble together to worship thee. And we're thankful for the good works of this congregation that lets the gospel be seen in the community and around the world. Father, we know that through your infinite wisdom, you created the family. And we're thankful for the families in this congregation, for Christian fathers, for Christian mothers, for obedient children, for loving grandparents, and we're thankful for Pinevale and the love and training they provide. Father, we know that government is your minister, and we're thankful for government officials at all levels, especially those who respect your word. We're thankful for the military, for the police, for first responders, for all those that help to keep us safe. And we're thankful for those who work in school systems that educate us so that we can better learn how to live and how to make a living. We're thankful, Father, for the country in which we live. We thank you for allowing us to continue to be able to worship thee openly. And we are so thankful that even in spite of our weaknesses, you've been merciful to us. We know, Father, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we thank you for life itself, for health, for food, for shelter, for the people we love, for the people we can help, for the people that we can share the gospel with. Father, we know that you're all loving, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We're thankful that you're willing to forgive us when we repent and turn back to you. And Father, we're so thankful for the blessing of prayer. You have been so good to us and answered so many prayers. And we bless you and honor you and praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Good evening to you all, and we are very thankful, we're very grateful to be able to be assembled here on this Tuesday evening, and especially when I know that we could just as easily be doing other things, but we've made the choice to be here, and for that I am grateful. When we think about Thanksgiving, I'm sure that many of us are thinking about the delicious food that we are inevitably going to be eating, but I want us to think about a little bit more than that. Webster defines thanksgiving as the act of rendering thanks or expressing gratitude for favors or mercies. 
And so that's exactly what I want us to focus on here for the next few minutes in our time here together. And the expressing, expressing rather, of thanks is something that we should always strive to do. In the Psalms, we can find many expressions of thanks, but in the 92nd Psalm, Psalm 92 and verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Why would it be good for us to give thanks to the Lord? Well, for starting, consider that He made the world, everything in it. He breathed everything into existence and declared it to be good. Paul says in Acts 17 and quoting one of the poets of his day, he says that it is in Him that we live and move and have our being. So I want us to think about for the next few minutes a couple of different ways in which we can both express thanks and also some things for which we can and should be thankful. The first thing that I want us to consider in expressing thanks is we should express thanks in our prayers. And as I was thinking about it, the prayer that Jim just let us in a moment or two ago, there were many things for which he made mention. And those are all things for which we should be thankful. There's the expectation of prayer. Paul told the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. But in that, what are some other things for which we can pray? We can and we should pray for the church. When you look in the pages of the New Testament, especially in Paul's writings, you will find commonly in several of his openings him making it a point to tell those brethren that they were in his prayers. And we'll look briefly at just a couple of examples of these because I know we have a sh only a short amount of time. But let's turn briefly to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3, and it in his opening to the Christians at Colossae, he gives them these words. And this is an example for us to follow as well. He says, We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He goes on to explain why. In verse 4, and then in his opening to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 2 and 3. He says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, 
remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. When was the last time that in our prayers we took the time to express thanks for the church? And I hope it's something that we do, but it is something in which we should examine ourselves. Secondly, in our prayers, we should remember to express thanks for one another on an individual basis as well. When you look again at Paul's letters, he'll often either at the beginning or more commonly at the close of those letters, he'll make mention of individuals. He'll send his greetings to them. And he expresses thanks for them. I'm thinking about particularly, and I'll just give it to you for reference, Romans chapter 16, verses 3 and 4, in which he expresses thanks there in his closing to the epistle at Rome, to his good friends Aquila and Priscilla, to whom we're introduced in Acts chapter 18. He made it a point to give thanks for them. We need to give thanks for one another individually. We need, first and foremost, we need to be giving thanks to God himself. Let's turn briefly to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4 and verses 9 through 11. Revelation chapter 4 and verses 9 through 11. And it's here, after the conclusion of the letters to the churches in chapters 2 and 3, we get a glimpse of what is typically referred to as the throne room in heaven. This is what John is seeing through the various visions. He says in verses 9 through 11, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. My friends, that is a glimpse of heaven. We should be thinking about that. Because not only are we praising God here, but that's what we're going to be doing for all of eternity. But we also need to express thanks in our thought, in the way in which we think. We should think about the love of God. For example, Psalm 48 and verse 9 Psalm 48 and verse 9 in this beautiful expression, the penman here gives us this thought. He tells us, we have thought, notice that, we have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. 
we also need to be thinking about, in our thought, we need to be thinking about one another. We need to think about how we can give consideration to one another. In his letters to both Corinth and Philippi, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and Philippians chapter 2, Paul instructs both of those churches for each to consider another. To think of themselves less and to think of others more. And that's exactly what we need to be doing in our walk as well. And we need to be thinking about the good. We know that there's a lot happening in our world, it seems like just by the minute, things are changing and it, it's hard to keep up, and, but it's easy to focus on that and to lose sight of what is truly good. We're encouraged to do that. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Philippians chapter 4 verses 7 and 8, and as Paul is beginning to conclude this great letter to the Philippians, he tells them, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. But also we need to express thanks in our action. We need to be humble through our actions, Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. And in that, and in that humility, we need to heed the call of James 1.27 to visit the widows and orphans in their affliction. Secondly, let us consider for what we ought to be thankful now that we've looked at some ways in which we can express thanks. We need to be thankful for the church. Our Lord Jesus Christ purchased it with his own blood and as I think about it, it's striking me more and more. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin. Our freedom came at a price. That price was his blood. Acts 20 and verse 28. But within that, and in being thankful for the church, we need to be thankful for the authority which Jesus possesses over his church. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, he is the head of it. Colossians 3 and verse 17, 
whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And within the church, his body, we are citizens. We are citizens of his kingdom. And as citizens, we are given all the blessings and the privileges thereof. Let's look briefly at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, he says, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. It cannot be moved. It is eternal. And if we stay the course we will see in the end the greatest privilege of all. But let us also consider our spiritual blessings as I've already alluded to. He came to set us free from sin, Romans 6, verses 17 and 18. But with that freedom, we are told not to abuse it. It's not license to remain in sin. Galatians 5, verses 1 and 13. Paul tells the Galatians that very thing. And so we need to be mindful of that, that we do not abuse what we have been given. And that's Paul's point in Romans 6 and verse 1 when he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? that grace may abound. What does he say after that? God forbid. We need to be thankful for the cleansing of his blood. In his first of three epistles, the apostle John tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And within that, as we go immediately into chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Our advocate. One who will take up our cause on our behalf. That's what an advocate does. That's what advocating is. You're taking up a cause. And that's exactly what Jesus does for us. Then let us be thankful for prayer. 
I said at the beginning that prayer is one of the ways in which we can express thanks. But we need to be thankful for prayer itself. Prayer is something that we need to continue in. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, as I've already mentioned. But also, Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Let's notice there what Paul says, and then we will begin to draw our study here to a close. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. He says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and here we go, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Notice that continuing. It's written in, it's written in the present tense. Something that, we, that is to be ongoing. And let us not lose sight of that. But also, we need to consider how we should pray. And we know Jesus gave the disciples that example in the Sermon on the Mount, but there's a couple of other passages that I want us to look at very briefly. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. And let's notice what the penman says to these Christians concerning this. In the context, he's speaking of Jesus being our high priest. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice that boldly with confidence, without fear. And then quickly, we won't take the time to read it, but I do want to give for your consideration James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. There in that context, James is talking about the strengthening of faith and how one can seek wisdom. But notice what he says there in that passage, to let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. Let us be confident in our prayers. But also, let us take comfort in knowing that Jesus, our high priest, not only understands Hebrews 4 and verse 15, but he also will answer our prayers. There is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that is Christ, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. But notice that according 
to His will. My friends, we of all people of this earth are most blessed. Let us act like it. Let us put, it, put that into practice in our lives. And let us consider this as well. That thanksgiving is not just a once per year observation, but rather that it is a mindset that we should possess at all times. So as we prepare to enter into our observance of the holiday on Thursday, let us always have the mindset that we will reflect upon what God has both given us and done for us. And maybe it's the case that there's one here this evening that as a part of the body, maybe you find yourself struggling with something pertaining to your faith or maybe just something, some personal matter in your life. Whatever it is, we want you to come make that known to us. Let us pray for and with you about that and rest assured that we will do anything and everything we can to help you in this. But likewise, if you are here and not as a part of the body, we would love to see you become a citizen of that unmovable kingdom, Hebrews 12, 28. Do that by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting of the sins that you have in your life, confess your faith in Him as the Son of God, and be baptized, be immersed into His death, Romans chapter 6, rise to walk in that newness of life, and go on your way rejoicing, Acts chapter 8, knowing that you have been cleansed and that you have a high priest that both understands and hears. Whatever your need may be this evening, we would invite you to come while we come together and sing.
Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity that we've had tonight to come and worship you with the songs of praise and to study your word. Father, as we enter this week of thanksgiving, help us all to have the mindset to stop and realize all those things to be thankful for. Father, we're thankful for your church here at Boonville. We're thankful for its elders, our preachers, our teachers, and its many members. Father, it's our prayer that we continue to live our everyday life in a manner that will be pleasing unto thee. Father, we ask that you go with us throughout this week and take advantage of opportunities we have to bring someone closer to you or to introduce your word to someone new. Most of all, Father, we're so thankful for your son, Jesus, who died a cruel death on the cross that we all might have an opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. And Father, as we gather here after services for friendship and fellowship and partake in food, Father, we ask that you bless that food as well as the many hands that have prepared it. Father, we ask you go with us and continue to lead, guide, guard, direct us, and protect us, and forgive us for we have failed thee. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. <laughs> 